um, when the women's team were, we met several times, have been praying for this gathering for months, that God would, would do something beautiful for you, in you, through you, all around you. And one of the things we talked about is what would be a picture, I'm a very visual person, and so what would be a picture, what, what we wanted you to know was that whatever you walk in with, whatever your life looks like now, you may be in the middle of a, of a family breakdown where your, your kids are older and they don't like you or you don't like them or whatever it is. It could be financial, it could be healthy. There's so many things it could be. But whatever that is, sometimes we feel lost and we don't know which way to turn. And I think it's Elisha, I should have looked it up, but um, I think it's Elisha who, he and his servant were like, things were really bad, and the servant was petrified, and Elisha says, God, would you show him heaven's armies? And God did. Showed him the chariots and the angels that surrounded them that would defend them. And so it's going to get really dark in here for just a few seconds. And that's what it's like in life. Don't, don't anybody go anywhere, just stay where you are. This is what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? You don't know where to go. You don't even know who's close to you. You don't know who is you can lean on. It's this dark. But God, I pray that just through our lights, God, would you show us what it looks like to have heaven's armies, to have your presence, your goodness surround us, that it's who you are that is our rescue. It's who you are that is our hope. It's who you are, God, that surrounds us in ways that we can't even reach, and yet you surround us. And this evening, if this would be the picture you carry in your darkest places, God is surrounding you, and he loves you beyond measure, beyond words. So ladies, everything else that happens tonight May the presence, peace, and Holy Spirit of our loving God well up within you and go with you. God bless you. Okay. Roy told me I don't look very good in green lights, so I said, give me some good light then. It's like, <laughs> I think he meant it in a loving way. Um, I love you, Wowie. Well, um, this is an interesting season for me. Um, in uh, 10 days, I will retire from uh, a job, as a job that I've held for almost 29 years. And, um, and I was a volunteer in a lot of ways prior to that. So having served this church so far, I'm not going anywhere, so far, for about 43 years. And um, it is my home, it is my church, you are my community, you're my family, it's like, um, I wasn't sure you could retire from a church. I didn't know if that was bad. Um, but I feel like um, God said, okay, you can, it's time, like that. And I feel very positive about it. It's good. I think if I were moving or leaving CA, it would be very traumatic for me. It's not, because I'm still here. Um, they won't pay me to go to church anymore, but I'll, um, <laughs> I'll deal with that. Then, in 49 days, 49 days, I will turn 70. I know. 
Yes. No. There are few people who would be foolish enough to do both of those things so close. <laughs> I've never been a planner. It's not. Uh, I'm not strategic. Cheryl will testify. You can ask her. I'm not very strategic. But being given this opportunity, like both at the age that I am, but also um, the years that God has called me to to pastor, be one of the pastors of this church. And having walked with him so long also, it's like, what do you talk about? Behave yourself? I don't know. It's like, um, and so as I prayed about it, it's like if I look back at my life, what's a defining truth? And there are probably several in different ways. But what God brought to mind, what it really comes down to is this, obedience. Not the feel-good message of the year, probably, um, but (laughs) obedience. And as I look back over my life, all of the key junctures, crossroads, hardest places, those that I would call the valley of the shadow of death, my death, somebody else's, whatever it would be, the near death of a marriage, all of that, obedience, it always came down to obedience. That's what God asked of me. And sometimes it was wretchedly difficult. Most of the time, I would say it was wretchedly difficult. Often it was confusing. You want me to what? It's like, I couldn't figure that part out. It was always a challenge. In John 14, 5, it says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now, he's not just talking about the Ten Commandments, because this is in the New Testament, where Jesus has given a lot of other things for us to consider in obedience. If you love me, obey my commandments. It's a lot easier for us to say we love him and then we do what we want. But he said, if you love me, you act like it this way. In 1 John 2, 5, it says, those who obey God's words truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we're living in him. And I don't know what your testimony would be, and by that I mean like what you would say you believe about God, what you want others to believe about your faith. If we're not walking in obedience to who God is and what he says, we're not living in him. And all of the blessings we sang about tonight, all of his favor and love, now his love doesn't change no matter what we're doing, but we wanna, when we want to live in him, we want to live in the fullness of what it means to live in the love and purposes of God, it can't come without obedience. It's like your family, can you imagine the chaos? You've probably never experienced this when kids disobey. <laughs> My youngest grandchild is a, is a little girl who just turned two. And she is fabulous. She's cuter than your grandkids. She is so <laughs> cute. And she was over the other day And in my house, I have stairs that go up to my bedroom, and she's allowed to go the first two because then she can do the light on and off, and she likes to do that. She's up about step four or five when I see her. I go, Katie, Katie. Now, she's got her back to me. Katie, listen to Grammy. She she doesn't look at me. She turns around, sits down with her head down, puts her arms on the stairs, and goes... (laughs) The whole time I'm calling her name. Doing this. That's not obedience, (laughs) just so you know. 
and it creates a certain level of chaos and correction that robs me of joy because I don't want to correct her. But I also don't want to live with her if she's never corrected. And so there you, f you find this. Well, it's kind of like that with God. The reason that obedience matters, the reason that he, he calls us to it is because that's our best life, even if it's hard. Eugene Peterson has a book title, and the book is good, the title's great, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And after almost 70 years, I can tell you the best parts of my life have been the ones that were part of a long obedience in the same direction, and that direction is toward God. So I want to talk just for a minute about obedience. And a few things just to tell you about. Now, we, we could do, literally, we could do a 10-week series on how to hear the voice of God and know what to obey. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'll briefly allude to it, but I can't answer all those questions in this setting. But a few things about obedience. Obeying God doesn't necessarily mean that you will understand God. And I can't tell you, because I've done a lot of counseling and discipleship over the years, I can't tell you the number of people who say, but why? They're deciding whether or not they will do it as soon as they understand it. Once they understand the why, it's like, okay, then I consent. That would assume that you'll ever be as smart as God. And if you can ever understand him, he's not big enough for your stuff. He's got to be bigger than us. His ways are so far above our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. That's the truth, and that's why we have hope in him, because he knows more than we do. In Genesis 12, there's a 75-year-old man named Abram, and God says, I want you to go to a place I'll show you. In Hebrews 11.8, going to the New Testament, Hebrews 11.8, what they call the, the, um, the big faith chapter, all these people who by faith did steam. It says this, by faith, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. You ever feel that way? I remember I was sitting in my car. I was working corporate. I was listening to the radio sitting at a stoplight in the Wilshire District, and I heard the Holy Spirit of Martin. Now, it's not like my car was filled with this other voice. It's just a sense I knew I wasn't thinking this. And God said, I want you to quit your job. So I started explaining to him <laughs> how much money I was making and the great favor I had with them and my opportunity, because sometimes he's busy and he doesn't get all this. So I'm explaining <laughs> it to him. But he never, he never talks to me in that way. He never argues with me. He just kind of goes quiet and it's like, okay. But see, what I didn't know is what would that mean? I'd be a stay-at-home mom then. That, that clearly what I would do would be a stay-at-home mom because he told me to quit my job. It was just a little over a year later that Mark asked me if I would come on staff with him when he took over as senior pastor. Never had that dream in my head. Never thought that was a possibility. I didn't have to know what God knew to obey. I had to trust that he knew what he was doing. So obeying does not mean that we understand God. This same guy, Abraham, after he and his old wife, he was old, she was old, and they had a son when they were like 100 years old. Finally, so then they're 100 pluses, and what does God ask him to do? I want you to go sacrifice your son. Now that didn't mean like when Samuel, the prophet, was a baby, and they took him and says, now the priest can raise him and he'll serve God. No, this was a sacrifice like, like a ram, like an animal, kill him. God gives and God takes away. This was literally 
So what does Abraham do? He obeys. God stops him before he kills his son. He couldn't understand, God, why would you, why would you do this? It doesn't make any sense. God wasn't testing whether or not, like, Isaac would be dead. He was trying to build something in Abraham. Abraham didn't understand God, but he chose to obey. 1 John 2, verses 3 and 4 says, We can be sure that we know if we obey his commandments, that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandment, that person is a liar, not living in the truth. If you just say you love him and you're following God, obedience, you don't have to understand him. It's obedience, and we obey. When I was, um, when my husband Bud and I, if you've been around, you know about Bud, but Bud and I were married 39 years, and about the first half were quite a challenge for us. And it got to the point where the decisions I was making was about who I wanted to be when the marriage ended, because this sucker had no hope. I don't mean Bud, I mean the marriage. <laughs> and so it was, I thought, I'm going to pursue God because of who I want to be when the marriage ends. So I just started pursuing God. I pray, God, teach me to be a wife to this guy for as long as he's my husband. Really faith-filled prayers like that. And at one point when I couldn't hardly, Bud and I were just at such odds, and I just said, God, tell me what to do. I don't even tell me what to do. And God, by his Holy Spirit, spoke to my heart, and he says, I want you to die to yourself. (laughs) I said in stronger terms than this, I'm sorry, um, what do you think I've been doing for the last 15 years. I can't get more dead. I'm shriveled up inside. I was so desperate. And again, God doesn't go back and forth. He goes quiet and it's like, fine. I didn't understand what God was saying. All I had was obedience. So I started, well, teach me. And he did. He asked me to do really hard things like take Bud's hand in church. (laughs) That was hard. (laughs) Whatever he says, you know. So the first thing is simply this. Obeying God doesn't mean you have to understand him because you probably won't. Second thing I want you to know is that obedience counterintuitively leads to freedom. When you're talking obedience, it's like, well, that's like being a slave of some sort. But obedience leads to freedom and only in the realm of faith and grace can that be true. In Romans 6.16, it says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living, which leads to freedom. Obedience, it doesn't seem like it should, but saying yes, bending a knee, all of that leads to freedom. It's for freedom's sake that Christ has set you free. We were built, we were created for freedom. And we think obeying God's laws robs us of freedom. That's what our culture tells us. That just, you're just obeying the church. That robs you of freedom. Only in Christ do we have the freedom to say yes or no to the things that want to destroy us. Without him, we don't have the power to say no to anything. We see it in our culture all the time. Obedience leads to freedom. In... um, uh, I had a friend who, this eons ago, it's nobody in this room. Don't start looking around. <laughs> she was on a, on a leadership team with me, and she was one of those people that um, 
knew how to say what she was thinking. And in just a few words, she could just say it. And um, she did it a lot. And um, I'm, I'm, you know this, I'm really gracious, I'm patient. And, um, <laughs> and small bits, but apparently I accumulate things. Who knew? And so at one point we were talking and, and she says that I said something back, like funny. <laughs> and the problem with somebody who, with uh, like a smart aleck, um, I was trying to think of a nicer word, but that's really what I am a lot of times. The problem with somebody like me in that is that we will do things and you can, you get, you get kind of an excuse if you do it with humor. Because if they get offended, it's like, I was just kidding. You're so easily offended. It's like, well, it created this schism, so I was just waiting for her to apologize for all the death by paper cuts that I'd suffered at her hand. So I was telling God, you know what I feel like the Lord told me to do? You know. Why don't you go apologize? I'm sorry. Wrong phone line. You need to be talking to her about this. It's a... Forgive a friend who has hurt me? I have to ask for forgiveness. Obedience leads to freedom. And that's exactly what it did. Didn't matter who was more wrong. My goal wasn't to be better than her, bigger than her, be more right than her. All said and done, I wanted to be more like Jesus. And that's just not an easy path. Wasn't for him, and it sure as heck isn't going to be for us. Third thing. God asks us to do what we can so that he can do what only he can. That's why obedience matters. And it's all through the Bible. Back uh, Israel, remember God told them to march around Jericho, if you know that story, in, in, um, in, in Exodus, and it tells them, or Joshua, and tells them to march around seven times. <laughs> why? <laughs> That's not a good battle plan. That's, it's, nobody does that. But he asked them to do what they could do, and then he creates on the seventh day when they yell at the walls, the walls all fall down. In Judges 6, Gideon, this guy who's hiding in a hole to press out his um, uh, wheat so they'd have bread because the Midianites kept coming and taking all their stuff. Angel comes and says, he's hiding in a hole, and the angel comes and says, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I thought I was in this hole by myself. You see, this is what God says, I need you to do something. I need you to do what you can so that I can deliver Israel. There's a guy in 2 Kings 5 named Naaman who's from a, a, a neighboring country of Israel. He, he comes to the prophet of God because he's got leprosy, this terrible disease, and the prophet of God says, says, tells him, go, dunk in the, go uh, dip in the Jordan River seven times. And he goes, I have better rivers in my country. That's a muddy river. He says, your choice. He was going to go home. Finally, his servant says, you know, it couldn't hurt to dip in the Jordan River. He was totally healed. See, God asks us to do things that we may not understand, that don't make sense to us, that don't feel like freedom. But if we'll do what he says, then he can do what only he does. In John 2 is the story of the wedding at Cana. And Mary, mother of Jesus, 
they ran out of wine, if you know the story. And Mary tells the servants, whatever he says, do it. So Jesus says, go make some wine. No, he says, fill up the water jars. Why? Because it's what they could do. Had they not done it, had they not done it, it's not that Jesus wouldn't have still made wine. I don't know, he probably would have. But had they not done it, they'd have missed out on being part of the miracle. They got to see it up close. The servants got to see it closer than anybody else. They knew where it came from, where a lot of the wedding guests didn't. Ladies, if we will be obedient, whatever God says, whatever he says, do it. Just do it. Do it. Whatever he says, do it. Because he knows, he knows what he's doing. Just obey whether it's something in God's word that he's telling you, if it's through a song, if it's through that in, in your own heart, if it's through the people of God you trust, and they're saying, no, I, I want to discern with you, whatever way that you hear God, and, and just, I would say, just pray and choose to be aware. Say, God, speak to me. I'd love to know what that feels like. But just obey, just do it. Do it afraid, do it with attitude, do it hesitantly. You don't have to be glorious. You just have to be obedient. Just do it. I have never, ever regretted an obedience, no matter how difficult it was. I may have resented the heck out of it beforehand, but once God did what he does, it's like, oh God, thank you. Thank you, because I'm not as willing as you are, but thank you. And I have always only regretted not obeying whether it's by avoidance or outright disobedience, I have never regretted obedience. I have always regretted disobedience. Obey God's word. Obey God's voice. Obey the, the life, the people, the influence that people around you who trust and love Jesus that they would put in your life. Ladies, whether you are 20 or you're 90, doesn't change that. Whatever he says, just do it. God, would you hear our prayer? We offer this to you. Come, Lord, I pray. May we learn to hear your voice so clearly that we have one choice, obedience or disobedience. That's it. That's our big decision. Lord, you are good. May we, your voice become so familiar the women in this room, that we can hear you for ourselves and for others and be a, a group of women who are obedient in every possible way. That's a big ask. It's a really big ask. But we ask it because we trust you and we do so in Christ's name. Amen.